So I would like to welcome you to the last, but definitely not the least of the panels of the day. Uh, we had a very, uh, not a very long day, but it was long enough, but a, a day of compact activity and tremendous content and insight. And we are finishing with, uh, with a panel on one of the most important topics, exactly uh, talking about the transition from KG to a completely new asset management model in shipping. I'd like to welcome all the panelists and thank them for being with us. Uh, special thanks to Jan Dreyer for uh, sponsoring and moderating the panel. And with this, I will uh, turn the whole uh, the floor to, uh, to him. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you very much, Nicolas, for having invited us and giving us the opportunity to present uh, the German market a little bit to the uh, auditorium. Uh, what you forgot to say is uh, most of my American friends call me a hairdryer. Um, I'm not sure I find, find this funny, but anyway, we will uh, proceed from here with the um, uh, KG model, as you said, the, the KG model is history um, and um, not the KG as such, because some of the um, panelists here are still working in KGs and have most of their ships, uh, at least with German ownership in a KG company as an SPV. But what the market or what most of the people in shipping, ship finance understand is the German KG model. That is history. That was something like a triple A uh, investment in former times, triple A standing for the German acronym Ärzte, Anwälte, Apotheker or doctors, lawyers and pharmacists. Uh, well, that has gone 10 years ago with the market, and now we are uh, in a transition period, as we learned earlier, but we are not in a transition period, but we are on new chartered, um, already chartered um, areas, and we'll uh, see what modern German ship finance looks like and what are the um, uh, key players here or the, the key models. We have on the panel, which I would like to introduce you, uh, four gentlemen being active in the new asset uh, management and project models from different angles. Uh, I will come first. Um, it's not uh, by order of appearance, but by order of their company names uh, in, in the in the agenda. Bastian Hagebeuker from Blue Star, Hello. Uh, which is. Uh, a company which is linked to the E.R. Schifffahrt uh, company, but is independent and is a partner in that company in Blue Star. Uh, uh, and we were very happy to have um, Bastian here on, on the panel. He um, is an investment uh, manager with, uh, with the offering group before, uh, responsible for asset-backed shipping investments together with institutional clients and um, is uh, now uh, was then in the, um, before that even with Morgan Stanley, as I started, extended also uh, for institutional um, investors into assets of all kinds in transport shipping, especially with a background in BSC and MSC and, um, and with guest school and uh, with a EBS uh, of, uh, in a bachelor of um, and um, master of business administration. Furthermore, we have uh, MPC capital representative, uh, director, or I must say managing director, Christian Richli, uh, who's also, uh, as we heard, MPC capital already on the panels before today. Uh, Christian Richli is a managing director since 2018 and is responsible 
for all shipping activities of the MPC Capital Group. Uh, MPC has around 1.9 billion euros of shipping assets under control and management and is covering the full life cycle of the ships. Uh, amongst others, that includes commercial activities in Harbour Peterson, Albus, and technical management with Williamson Ironkiel. Uh, Christian has a, holds an MBA from the University of Wales and is a fellow of the Institute of Chartered Ship Brokers. Next one in the line, or oh, I forget the, or I had, I had the wrong uh, order, is Wilke Brise of the uh, company Brise Schifffahrtsgesellschaft, uh, who is uh, active in his family business for many years. Um, he took over the management together with uh, CFO Frank Dreyer, a name not related to me, but anyway, same name, in 2017 from his father, who founded the family-owned company already in 1984. Visa, together with their financing partners, form a fleet of 110, 120 multi-purpose vessels, MPPs, um, and heavy lift vessels, uh, and operates also the chartering arm, the operating arm, BBB, BBC chartering, sorry for that, uh, as a major global carrier. Wilke uh, studied naval architecture and software engineering in Berlin and the University of Michigan. Finally, the last but again not least, John Wessel from Oldendorf Overseas Investments. John Oldendorf um, is, uh, sorry, John Wessel at Oldendorf is a, um, oh, sorry, now I lost this paper here, but I'll be back in a minute. Uh, John is a, uh, with uh, of Overseas, a sister company of Red Eye Nord, uh, is an uh, investment manager of real asset solution, which particularly focuses in shipping. Um, Oldendorf Overseas Investment currently manages around 300 million for institutional investors. Uh, prior to uh, joining Rederei Nord or OOI, John worked as associate in the maritime transportation team at Hawk Point, a London-based M&A boutique. He holds a Bachelor in Macroeconomics from Heidelberg and a Master's Degree in International Management from the ESCP in Paris. So this is our panel and now we are going forward to see what we can offer you uh, in this session. We have uh, focused on two or three questions as described before. I'll start with the first one, uh, which covers what really, what can investors, uh, what do they expect today from our point of view, from the panelists' point of view? What are the preconditions investors expect? Which challenges reside there from? And how can the ship owners, the investment managers, the asset managers, really, how can they perform um, to meet these requirements? What are the key factors, with other words, for successful ship asset management. And the first one to, uh, I would like to answer was uh, the last in the row uh, just now, uh, John Bessel, what is your view on this? Uh, thank you very much for the <laughs> kind introduction. Um, before I, I answer your questions, lots have been said today about KG systems and a lot about the negative sides of it. I think one thing which mustn't be forgotten is that before um, the, the, the turbulent times of the KG system, there have been a lot of years of very successful investments 
with a lot of very happy private investors um, who made very good returns at, at reasonable risks. That just as a, as a quick intro. Um, well, Jan, talking about the, the preconditions and probably the most important thing which uh, has to be brought along today is um, a sort of investor mindset. Um, there are different uh, investors in this world and interested in shipping and they all bring along different risk profiles and you need to know what you, uh, who you're dealing with and you need to make sure that your company is able to uh, have the operational depth to cater to these requirements. I think, um, and you need to make sure that the investors um, have the confidence in your company that you are, um, that you can provide a seemingly and professional service. That is a precondition. And I think that is already a, a quick, quite a change to previous times. Then on top of it, what you uh, named uh, as, as key factors, that is more of a, of a broader mix. And there are lots of differentiating factors. One is an industry network, um, which you have to bring along in order to source off-market deals, favorable financing, um, or whatever there are. Com commercial capabilities, um, being able to provide access to pool solutions or other interesting beneficial commercial concepts. And of course, um, last but not least, a strong balance sheet to be able to invest alongside uh, the, uh, the investor base in to whatever extent is required. And ideally, I think it's a combination of all of these factors, but uh, you should make sure that you at least cover some of these points in order to cater to a to an investment audience today. Yeah, th thank you, thank you very much, John. This is very interesting and a good start, and to see what uh, what investors really can expect and what you what you and your colleagues here can deliver. Uh, Christian, may I ask you to to compliment from your side what what you would offer investors and what do you think investors actually would require from modern shipping and yes, asset management. Uh, you are muted, uh, unfortunately. Yes, no. sure. <laughs> Thanks. Um, welcome also from my side to everyone. Um, and as, as John has already said, um, a, a number of these things I can only I can only repeat. But for us, really at MPC, uh, it, the focus is really to actively manage uh, all the ships and the assets we have under management over the full life cycle, as you also have mentioned earlier in the introduction, Jan. Um, for us, that uh, is substantial research. That's where it all starts with and sourcing capabilities, operations, asset management, technical commercial management, obviously, is important for the ships. And then the development of uh, different exit strategies on which we are usually closely aligned with our investors. The precondition um, for us really is an experienced team which in our case has uh, structured hundreds of different shipping investments and can demonstrate a proven track record in different shipping investment strategies. It then starts obviously with a very significant pipeline which you can only build um, on a strong market position, which in some shipping segments, I'd say at least, requires at uh, a certain size or solid partnerships. I also feel that it's important to maintain a deep expertise in, 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 in core shipping segments. And I'm convinced that in-house technical and commercial management guarantees flexible 
and professional services, especially in volatile markets such as ours, and that the commitment of teams working for the same organization is often higher. But it is certainly not required um, to do everything yourself. Um, we have teamed up with excellent industry partners in joint ventures such as Harper Peterson or Albis on the commercial side or Wilhelmsen Ship Management on the technical side. And these partnerships certainly create a lot of new opportunities and most important also provide access to important global networks. We were, I guess, all surprised what can actually be done from home during a pandemic, but physical presence and, and, and personal relationships will remain vital. And it's, for example, very difficult to simply open up a commercial satellite office in China and have access to all the significant players out there, as these relationships are usually developed over decades. In such instances, um, we have made very good experiences with strong like-minded partners to answer that. Yeah, okay, that's very interesting. Then I may pass it on uh, to, um, to Bastian Hagebarger, um, who I think we had in our pre-speeches um, or pre-meetings we had, I have to say, we have talked about the German container cluster and, and other uh, areas we can offer here. Um, but can you offer, having been in more, a, let's say, a ship in, more in the finance background than in shipping before, and having come as all of these guys after the KG model uh, was more or less at its end, uh, they, when we talked about it, or uh, said, well, we haven't been around at that time, <laughs> you are the only one who had experienced the old KG model. Um, but from a view, with a view on, on, let's say, shipping nowadays and ship asset management, what, what is your view on the German shipping market? Yes, thank you very much. Um, I think what what is very um, important to add, maybe to what John and Christian already said, I think um, we are in blue within Blue Star um, set in, in a setup that is a little bit different to to Oldendorf and uh, to Rederei Nord or MPC. Um, we focus on a project-based business, so. When you when you look at, at shipping and um, and also the the the, the Hamburg-based maritime cluster, I think what we have to offer here in terms of projects and pipeline and Christian already mentioned that pipeline is an important element um, for us especially. Uh, we work on a project by project basis, um, always following um, very specific investment criteria. I think. Um, in order to be successful um, and uh, generate and develop over time trustful relationships with your partners, being it investors or um, technical partners, is always based on good projects. Because a successful project um, that uh, delivers um, what you what you entered into from day one is always something that generates trust within um, the parties involved. So I think that especially also us here within Hamburg and, and being part of the industry where everybody knows that relationships are basically the fundament on which shipping is probably based on. And, and we within Hamburg, we have uh, even between our companies, um, I think um, everybody knows that Harper Peterson was in the past also part of, of, of the Agrigmas group. Um, so there is there are relationships, whether it being um, from a corporate perspective or just personal relationships, 
that um, we can bet on also in the future. And uh, our feeling is that um, when talking to um, um, German investors, European investors, or especially international investors who would like to invest in shipping, I think this is something we, we can offer. And on top of that, um, we within Bluestar also believe that one of the core strengths of asset management going forward is um, taking the perspective of the investor that you operate with. So basically, if you manage and, and um, a majority of our team here, for example, comes from an investment banking background. Um, so basically looking at it um, um, from investment banking parameters, um, the asset class of shipping, um, understanding that and therefore taking the same perspective as, as an investor you want to partner with is very crucial in order to find good projects that just um, are good and fit to the, to the individual needs that the specific investor might have. And then if I may add something, um, I think what is also very important and that again, um, it, it ties to the question of trust uh, is that um, trust is in different elements. You always need to co-invest uh, or you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a clear goal to co-invest with your investors because you want to become partners in the projects that you do together. And um, this is basically um, something that also, I, I would say that that shipping or the, that um, former ship owners and ship owners that they have done globally in the past, but it's even more important going forward in order to, um, to maintain a trustful relationship with your, your co-investors and partners. Yeah, thank you, Bastian. Uh, during the day, we heard on the ship management panel that uh, uh, ship management has to rethink, re reinvent itself going from, let's say, owner-driven uh, ship management to third-party management. What I hear from you, what we had talked about before this panel, is that the way can also be different, if, not on, even by co-investing into ships and then managing for others together with your own interests. But I think Wilke Griese is someone who can talk about that from his own experiences. First and second, I have to, to add, uh, that we are always talking about the Hamburg uh, atmosphere and Hamburg uh, cluster now become to one of the key players in the second largest cluster in Germany in the Ems area, Wilke uh, Briese from Emden. And, um, uh, yeah, sorry, from here, sorry, that was a default. I, I will be uh, crucified here <laughs> by, by my great friend <laughs> from there, but from the Ems region, um, who is very active and um, has also experiences with uh, co investors and, and the second largest cluster, as I said before, in the East, East region and the Ems region. Yeah, thank you, Jan, for the introduction. Um, yeah, first of all, what uh, do uh, investors expect um, regarding the MPP sector? Probably, first of all, is um, to get to know a little bit more about this sector because it's not so much on, on stage. Uh, there are not many news about our sector. And um, it's not so easy to get on the radar uh, uh, of bigger investment funds. But the MPP sector in Germany has uh, survived the consolidation phase of the last 10 years fairly well. I think we did not see the loss of vessels and the sell-off uh, as much as in other containers, like in the container segment or in, in the bulk segment. And um, I think there are also certain reasons to it why we could keep the fleet in Germany. 
Um, first of all, the banks involved in MPP financing used to be smaller banks uh, from the beginning, um, like our local bank OVB here in, in Lea, and um, and also the banks stayed with the segment. So when the bigger banks start to um, sell off their portfolio because they wanted to exit uh, the shipping sector, uh, the MPP owners here in the region in Lea, but also in Bremen. Uh, many of them were able to, uh, yeah, to refinance their fleet through different measures, some of them also with bigger uh, co-investors, uh, but many of them also with the existing uh, investors who are long time uh, invested in the ships who take the opportunity and say, okay, look, if uh, the refinancing opportunity is there, why don't I do it? Why, uh, uh, why can I not bring back my, my money my investment back into the money and they took the opportunity to invest preferred equity into the ships um, and um, I think um, this is a very wise decision because the, many of the ships were restructured um, at a very high discount so when it comes to the expectation these investors now expect that uh, these investments of course will now pay off and due to the fact that there's no second hand ships available anymore from the banks, um, I think that it is a very wise investment. Yeah, yeah thanks, Mirke. Uh, maybe a question to all of you. Uh, if we put our sh feet into the shoes of the investors, what, what is uh, eminent or what has to be done anyway is, do you think about transparency, about reporting, about um, information uh, av making av available and, and um, is that something uh, which is from your investors point of view very important or is it just the figures what, what's coming out at the end? I would say it's a prerequisite. So um, transparency, I mean it's, it's since within shipping there's um, historically I mean there was always um, um, a transparency but I would say that um, um, now and now already for quite many years, many things are comparable. So uh, controlling and analyzing um, um, data points and, and performance of vessels is, is becoming easier and easier. And therefore it's, it's, it's an absolute prerequisite to be very transparent with, with all the layers um, of, of different um, cost and OPEX items involved. So I think it's crucial. Yeah, we talked also in our pre-discussion about competitive fee structures. I think Christian, you were someone who had mentioned this this topic when we when we talked about it, that you can offer not only let's say the old KG twenty or thirty percent fee somewhere disappearing, but this is not acceptable for nowadays investors. But that you uh, have the feeling that or not the feeling that the aim that uh, to be very competitive in the market. Okay. Um, Let's move on to the next question. You're all coming from companies, from houses where you are trying to meet these expectations we just talked about, but in different ways. And um, I think Christian, you're the first one to talk about because you're the company who's going most public, let's put it that way. And um, what, what is your um, approach to this? I mean, closely linked to, to MPC Capital um, as, as being the investment manager, 
we we not only have the operating companies I was um, referring to earlier, but we have established different platforms or investment vehicles, so to say, in which we usually co-invest and and we provide tailored investment solutions for all the different type of investors. Uh, I think across the different asset classes which we covered, that includes public offerings, which is the the one you were referring to, private placement strategies or joint ventures on even on 50-50 basis with low or even no leverage. But um, the different investment strategies um, all address individual needs and risk appetites for which our industry um, certainly has a lot to provide. But um, on the public side, certainly the example is that we have uh, launched MPC container ships. We have raised uh, significant equity on the basis of a listing in Oslo and built uh, the number one owner of uh, feeder container ships globally. If you look at um, time to market, time to money, this route was certainly very efficient and allows to execute very quickly on, on, on market events or opportunities. That is um, very hard to match in, in, in private structures, uh, structures and more difficult certainly to ramp up in, in a quickly in, in, a, in a capital intensive business um, like our shipping industry. Um, and even looking ahead and looking at the decarbonization efforts, which has been discussed all day uh, in, on the different panels, I'm sure that such a listed company or a public structure has a lot of advantages. The, the transition, the energy transition basically requires uh, transformation of the whole fleet and we, and that not meaning just MPC, but all the shipping companies need to provide convincing strategies for that. Obviously, acknowledging that we often heard today that there is no clear winner yet on the, on the fuel, but um, the industry is still confronted uh, with a lack of cost-effective capital in, in, in my view, and having access to capital via the public markets is gonna be very important to end our industry's dependence on the fossil fuels. And I guess that's at least an advantage for the public side. Yeah, th thanks, Christian. I think, Bastian, your, your company, Blue Star, is having a different approach, uh, more long-term investors, but I, th I think you can better explain. Yes, um, so what, the way how we look at shipping is, is more uh, looking at shipping as being an infrastructure type of asset class. Um, I know that uh, in, uh, within the institutional investors universe, infrastructure is, is usually uh, labeled as being in different asset classes, but we believe that um, if you look at, at shipping uh, transactions where you have a longer charter coverage, uh, being it 5, 10, 15 years or even longer, these type of investments um, is basically our core focus area. And why do we think that this is a good way of investing in shipping? I think, and why do I also believe that, that um, um, it can be called infrastructure and it even has some advantages compared to other infrastructure type of assets? I think, especially the last couple of months since we had COVID, uh, we have seen that shipping as, a, as an industry and container shipping maybe maybe um, uh, being very representative here, um, has shown that it has a vital function in global trade and for global economy, it always had, but it also showed that it was basically able to, um, to cope with challenges that we globally face. And this is something where in being essential for, for something that affects us globally is a criteria that infrastructure as an asset class has. 
and it has some advantages. On top of that, it is a, a market where there's a liquid, a liquid second-hand market, which you usually don't have in other infrastructure classes, asset classes. You have another advantage. It is global. So it is a global asset class, whereas if you, for example, invest in an airport, um, this is not global. It is very local. And even when you invest in a toll road uh, during COVID times, this was a, not really a super stable and conservative investment. Um, so I think our focus um, when you look at a partnering with, and that is what we do with long-term oriented investors, being it pension funds um, and similar like-minded investor types, and, and also um, our own capital here, um, these long-term deals are what we are looking for. And we, we try and we think we are competitive in, in terms of capital costs, which is obviously the most important factor uh, for these long-term long-term deals um, um, and they provide um, decent uh, yield returns in the long run. So this is our focus. Yeah, thanks, Bastian. John, I think your, your aims are similar, but your ways to get there are a little bit different. Tell us more about your approach. Well, it, you know what, I, um, I don't want to uh, uh, disappoint, but uh, in the end, it's probably not even that uh, different. It's probably uh, the most traditional ones, and uh, that's also why I put on the tie. Now, joking aside, we are a, a classic Hamburg tram owner. Um, we invest in bulk containers and tankers, and there are many competitors who do exactly what we do, and they do it also as good as we do. Um, um, I'm, there's no uh, you should say that. <laughs> I, I, I know, but, but that's, that's just true. And, uh, but that doesn't matter because in the end, it's the, the traditional business model, which we all try to achieve, buy cheap and sell high. And uh, between these two points, um, uh, try to maintain uh, good operations. And um, well, for that, we are finding partners. Um, these partners, that is what has changed when it used to be families and friends in the past, this has now become high net worth individuals, private equity and, and hedge funds. However, the, 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 the construct itself and the structure itself hasn't changed much. Of course, what we are trying in order to, to be the best in class, um, we are using every tool available to us in order which might have a positive impact which means uh, being very flexible in terms of structuring, uh, investing into new software, performance, AI-driven software in order to increase the performance of our vessels. And of course, we strive to um, offer the best services. However, in the end, um, it comes down to, between these two points, entry and exit, to controlling costs and uh, invest in good people who are uh, loyal to your company and who give the best to their investors and to their shareholders, which is either investor or the family. So, uh, that I so I understand you, you always have skin in the game, and that's that's one of your one of your assets. As the others also have. Wilke, if I turn to you in this week, you also, as a company, have and as a family, have always skin in the game, uh, and you have also another approach uh, regarding. Um, um, the entire value chain of chartering, etc. Can you say something on that uh, point? Uh, and you're also investing, let's say, in the KG vehicles, not the old-fashioned way, but uh, a new style in private placements. Yeah, actually, the KG 
legal structure remained basically the same, but uh, the structure um, is not consisting of very small uh, shareholders, but usually, especially with smaller MPP ships, what happens is that uh, private, uh, yeah, rich German company owners mostly, uh, but um, also family offices, uh, what we do is that we do a 50-50 uh, joint ventures in ships. Um, and our advantage that we have, of course, is that we we are not requiring uh, a TC of, of, of three years from, a, from one of the big container operators, but we operate the ships ourselves. Uh, so the vessels have an employment uh, security, uh, of course, on market levels, uh, that's, that's clear. But we are able to act quickly when this opportunity comes up. We don't need to run after a long-term charter. We can convince the banks that we have the charter uh, in place and that uh, we will be able to raise the debt financing quickly. And that also goes when selling the vessel. So we don't have to wait until the time charter runs out. But when a buyer comes up, we are able to sell uh, the asset quickly. And that is quite appealing and probably uh, the reason why, why our return on investments are, are quite um, attractive. Yeah, thanks for, for this uh, enlightening of, 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 of what can be done in investments where, where family-owned businesses are uh, co-investing to all of you. Um, we nearly come to the end of our session, not, not now, but I would all of you invite uh, to give a quick outlook into the future, into the glass bowl, although I know it's difficult and probably all panels uh, during the day have done it more or less. Um, but i just wondering what your personal views are on that. And I, I start again with Wilke because he's on my list at first for this session. And uh, Wilke, what, what, what um, is your key focus in the near future and maybe in, on, a, on a longer run? Yeah, yeah. so for, for us, it's very important, let's say, to, uh, uh, to go into the direction of new buildings. Um, we believe that the sell-off of, of older tonnage has come to an end. There will be no second-hand ships really available anymore. Even last year, we bought uh, rather five container ships than, than MPPs uh, because we, we would not be able to, to find adequate candidates. So our strategy now is uh, to... Um, we have designed already the next generation of MPP ships. Uh, we have come up with two new designs. And uh, this last year, we started to order uh, new building vessels, uh, in total 10 vessels, um, which will be able to yeah, transport um, wind turbines in the most um, eff um, effective way. And um, so what we will offer over the next years also to investors is to take a share in these new buildings over the coming two, three years. Yeah, thanks, Wilke. Bastian, what, what is your view into the glass bowl? Um, yes, uh, thank you. I think it, 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 it ties nicely to what Wilke just said, but maybe in, in different segments. I, I totally believe, and we at, at Bluestar, um, um, that in the next uh, one, two, three years, that um, projects will arise um, offering solutions to invest. In, in, on interesting terms, and and those projects will be equipped with uh, new propulsion technologies. Um, I think we have heard today already during the during the conference 
um, different opinions and 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 different um, different solutions and ideas. But what I what I truly believe, and this is what we what we try to do as well, that um, investing in the right projects can make an impact in a way that um, if you if you start early um, and you look at investing in shipping and also being an impact investment. Um, of course, shipping is not the only asset class that is in focus on ESG criteria. I think every every activity, entrepreneurial activity, um, and maybe even not only entrepreneurial activities will be in focus going forward more closely. So uh, vice versa, this also means that a it becomes a necessity that we will also do that as well. So I think interesting projects with new propulsion technologies um, and um, will be one of our core focus. And I, I don't want to say that this that, that we will be an exception there. I think um, Hamburg as a as a as a city has a lot to offer. I mean, um, container shipping is is an interesting interesting sector uh, in order to to partner up with uh, the big customers there and to offer uh, solutions. And therefore, I think this is coming good. very interesting. That, that's a good final word. Uh, John, how do you compare it to other asset classes, the shipping cluster, shipping well, assets? Uh, well, I, I would say what has become clear over the whole day and over the last year is that uh, the shipping cluster has professionalized itself. Um, at the same time, we see a massive inflow of money. We see negative interest rates. So other asset classes, bonds are basically giving a return. Equity is completely booming and, and not affordable anymore, if you like. And you have real, other real asset classes, real estate going through the roof. And suddenly, uh, shipping offers quite an attractive risk return again. Uh, risk is managed better by people like us and on the, on the panel and everyone here in the conference. Um, and at the same time, the returns are suddenly now attractive again. So I see um, that um, we're actually quite positive that it is a good uh, point to look at shipping investments. Yes, thanks. Uh, even uh, or especially given the rates having gone up quite substantially during the last months after bitter times, but now it looks better. Christian, what is your view into the future? Oh, you're muted still. Sorry. Reason. Um, we all agree, I think, that, that funding is a global topic and that mass affluent money would, will not be available again for, for our industry. But I feel it's very obvious from what we've heard, just heard and from the participants earlier that uh, the expertise is still available here in Germany. You often discuss consolidation actually drives the, the professionalism and the competitiveness of, of, of the different players here and uh, obviously of the companies vis-a-vis -vis their counterparts in, in, in other locations. I think, except for the propulsion, I don't see tectonic shifts in the industry and we will continue to develop new strategy, which will be based on the cyclicality of our business, but also use the potential and demand for improved efficiency in the, in the fleet, which leaves opportunities for shipping companies simply willing to invest in, in new technology. I'm convinced that uh, hard asset investing and lending, uh, specifically secured by fungible assets like ships, will continue to be attractive, as, as John just mentioned, and potentially even thrive. Yeah, thanks very much, Christian. I think this was a soft landing on the point. Uh, Nicholas is coming to us. Uh, and thank you all for um, 
sharing your thoughts uh, and in giving insights into shipping here in modern shipping, let's say, in modern shipping asset management in Germany. I was happy to be able to uh, moderate this session and thank again to you for participating and Nicolas for giving me the opportunity. Thank you to all of you from us. It's been a great day. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a wonderful panel. A great way to close the day. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Goodbye to the auditors, uh, the auditorium, sorry. <laughs> the auditors as well. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.